Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Yes, you came back and better than ever. Greeny rolling along, presented by Progressive Insurance. I'll continue with my thoughts on what my next career I believe is destined to be in just a moment. But first, I realize I erred on something yesterday, or I omitted accidentally something yesterday. So I opened the show by telling you that during the five days I had off down in Florida, in which I played a lot of delightful golf, I interacted with two goats and a frog. I told you about the goats. One of them was Michael Jordan. I ran into MJ at his club, Grove 23. Um, in Hope Sound, and he was in great spirits, and it was, as it always is, a thrill to see him, no matter what my history with him has been and is, which is to say that I, you know, I know him a little bit, it remains exhilarating to see him. Like, like just being in his presence, you just recognize you are in the presence of greatness. I've had that experience very few times in my life. There's just something about him that is different. You know who else was like that, hmm. honestly, was David Letterman. When you were in Dave's presence, there was just something about it. He just seemed larger than life, even in the flesh. Like usually you meet your heroes when you've only seen them on television or on screen or listen to their music or whatever it is, and you meet them and they somehow seem smaller because you envision them to be somehow greater than a human being. In the case of Jordan, in the case of Letterman, and and a small handful of others, they actually Hmm. seem even bigger. So anyway, that's one of the goats I ran into. I also ran into the great Jack Nicholas at his golf course called the Bears Club in Jupiter. And he also, in great spirits, in a good mood, it was delightful to see him, and we had a pleasant chat. So those were great experiences. And how is your golf game, by the way? So good. So good. This early in the year? I am striping it. Did you break 80? Yeah, I did. I broke uh, 80. And I'm, I am going to... I am going to take my index down to 6.0 this year. So I make goals for myself every year. Some people call them resolutions. I guess this is one. One of my resolutions for this year is to get my index to 6.0. The lowest it's ever been was 6.8. Right now it's 8.2. But it's always higher than usual at this time of year because your winter rounds are never, you're not in a rhythm. Telling you right now, I'm going low this year. But that's neither here nor there. I didn't get to tell you about the frog. So we are having dinner Saturday night. We are, my brother and sister-in-law are members of a country club down there called Old Palm. And that's where we stay. We stay in their house and we eat basically every meal at the club because it's excellent. And you just jump in a golf cart and you drive over there. It's a wonderful way to live. So we're sitting there, we're having dinner. It's my wife, Stacy, my nephew, Eric, and me. We're having a nice dinner, and we're, we're, we're outside, basically. We're covered. We're, like, sitting on a patio. So there's a roof over us, but there are no walls. And, um, you know, we have a lovely dinner, and we are two minutes from getting up, like, literally finishing up, you know, your drink or your dessert, whatever it is. We're about to get up. We're sitting and having a conversation. When all of a sudden, and at, at first I had no idea what had happened, I felt on my right arm, whack, 
and something heavy and wet landed on my arm. I don't know what to compare it to. It felt like if you took a ream of paper, soaked it for as long as you could until it was totally waterlogged, and then dropped it on my arm. And I looked down, and it is a frog and a big one. It was wet? A frog is a very wet thing. It was like slimy and yuck. So I did what anyone in my position would do. I emitted... The least masculine scream you've ever heard in your entire life. And I flung it. I just flung my arm out. And it stuck to a railing that was right next to us. So we took a picture of it. And I've got the picture on my Instagram right now. If you want to see the proof of this frog, if you go to my Instagram right now, at ESPN Greeny, Greeny with a Y, you will see a picture of a monster frog. I mean... This was like a mutant frog, huge, and it has landed on me. So my first reaction is to scream like I'm a small child, which attracts the attention, of course, of all the other diners, and now everyone is fascinated by the frog. And while they're all looking at the frog, I'm looking for a doctor. There has to be some sort of salmonella risk that is involved in this. One of the great tragedies of it, and I'm wearing a really nice sweater. It was a chilly night, so I'm wearing a sweater that I like, and I have it hiked up the way my sleeves are hiked up now, so they come down just slightly below the sleeve. So most of the frog landed on my bare arm, but some of the frog landed on the sweater. So unfortunately, the sweater had to be burned. Their house has a fireplace. We put it in there. We had it said a few words. And the, the sweater is no more because that was most certainly there's no amount of cleaning that's going to be done that I'm wearing the frog sweater. Then I started contemplating what to do about the arm. So I'm asking, what are the potential medical ramifications of a very large and slimy frog landing on your bare skin? If you Google a frog landed on me, you know what it tells you? It's good luck. There's no mention whatsoever of like the medical issues here. All it tells you is it's good luck. So I'm waiting for the good luck to strike me. I think that's one of those things they tell you so you're less upset about a frog landing on you. You know, like when they tell you it's good luck if it rains on your wedding day? No, it's not. It's the definition of bad luck if it rains on your wedding day. They just say that so you don't feel quite as bad about it raining on your wedding day and the bride having to wear a garbage bag over her dress to get from one place to another. That's just one of those things they say. I don't believe that it's good luck that a frog landed on me. So I went home and I got, you know, the Clorox antibacterial wipes. I used an entire case of them. On your skin? On my arm. I'm just wiping it down. Wiping and wiping and wiping it down until I felt vaguely okay about it. But to be completely honest with you, when I get into bed at night now, I can still feel it. Mm. I can still feel this is it was this was Saturday night. So what day is today? Thursday. It's like five days ago. I can still feel it. I can still hear the sound whack of it landing on me and it lands in like sticks like it's got suction cups. 
on itself, which I don't know what a frog does or not. I don't even know where it came from. It couldn't have jumped because it landed. It must have been in the ceiling or something like that, this roof that was over us, and it fell on me. So anyway, that's what happened, and the picture is up. Have you seen the picture? Yes, and I have some... That is a massive frog. I have some research for you from the University of Virginia's um, Research Institute. Is is it got an amphibious research? Yes, uh, frogs can be asymptomatic. Asymptomatic carriers of salmonella, pathogenic... And this is the important part. Pathogenic strains of salmonella may be transmitted from frogs to humans by the fecal-oral route. What are you talking about? What, what exactly? What fecal oral? I'm just reading you. Meaning, if I eat the waste of a frog, <laughs> <laughs> did you happen to do that? No, I didn't. I did that. Let me put it this way: when I needed to clean my arm, I didn't lick it. So, are you telling me? Are you telling us that, like all of the detail that we need to know to ensure that you don't have salmonella by the fecal oral? I feel oral like route. I've skated. Like I was real worried. I woke up the next morning. Like I texted the guys I was playing with the next day, and I said, "Guys, I may not make it tomorrow, depending, as I probably have salmonella and may be in the emergency." Emergency room, and then so when I showed up, they were making fun of me. But the point is, I don't think I'm overstating this thing. A large frog. This, what, what is what is a giant frog called? Like what is the name for a much? It doesn't larger... look that big on your picture. It's huge. That is a huge frog. It what looks, are you talking about? It looks small on the picture, but I don't small. It's look on it's on a railing, on. and it's not yeah, even Cam, the full Cam's size right of the here. railing. It looks like the size of like a silver dollar, like a that silver is a dollar. Huge ra- silver <laughs> dollar. This thing was bigger than my head. <laughs> It, is, it was a monster frog. It was like a. Uh, uh, it was like a. Oh, what, 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 my phone just. By the way, out. stand by. Yep. Apparently, the, the the disease that you could have obtained is a significant cause in humans of gastroenteritis. Yes, uh, that's what salmonella is. Have you had any? Irregularity since Saturday. For 56 years, I've had irregularity. What are you talking about? I am gastrointestinally challenged and have been my entire life. This is my worst nightmare. So anyway, the two goats were delightful. The frog, I could most certainly have done without. Follow-up question. Mm. Yeah. Did you tell MJ or Jack Nicholas about the frog? I did not. Oh. No. They would have not. loved that. I and <laughs> lastly, yeah. have you been riveting at all? No, no riveting. Okay. I've, I've been riveting, but I've yeah. not been riveting. You've been riveting for 30 years, but glad um, to hear no riveting. Now, so all is well, and I feel like I've sort of gotten past the scary time, like the, the part of it that I was sort of keeping, I've been monitoring myself for symptoms. I think so far I've done okay, but let me tell you, when a frog lands on you, it is a disturbing occasion. And it was a big, I don't care what you say, this frog was the size of your head. Greeny coming alive from the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. All right, I, I just want you to know this. I need you to listen carefully. I just want you to know. I, I've always been very conscious of not like recreating things we did on Mike and Mike with this show. Because that was then and this is now and we're doing something entirely different. But my campaign for commissioner of Major League Baseball, which was something that we did for a long time on Mike and Mike and was very successful, or, I mean, to the extent that it created very good programming, it wasn't successful to the extent that they didn't give me the job. Um, but that was something I really was not kidding around about, and I'm not kidding around about it now either. Rob Manfred has announced that in five years, he is going to step away from his role in, as commissioner, of which, again, I think he has on balance done a good job. Um, and I would like to throw my hat in the ring for that job. I think they need someone like me. I think they need someone who who first and foremost loves the game, whose first and foremost priority would be the game. What does the game mean? It means the fans. My first and foremost um, intention 
would be to make the game the best that we can, the experience of the game the best that we can for the fans. That should be the first thing. What should what cannot be lost, of course, is that it is a business. It is a business built on a game, but it is not a game that you are running. It is a business, and that must be taken first. And, of course, I would follow all of that, and I think I have come to understand sports business over the 30 years that I've been covering sports pretty well. I think I have more than a... Um, more than a beginner's understanding of that, and of course would surround myself with brilliant business people in so doing. I think I have a real understanding of the relationships that are involved between the people who play the game or the, 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 the game itself and the people who consume it. The go-betweens, I meaning basically the media, the networks, and all that kind of stuff. I don't know that anyone knows more about that stuff than I do. So I really genuinely think I would be a great commissioner. I don't think they'll consider me, but I'm not kidding when I say I think they should. And you, Hembo, I will bring with me mm. as my director of analytics. By the way, Rob Manfred earns $25 million a year. I will do it for less than that. I will do it for less than that. 24 no, $25 million a year. I mean, I would have to take a pay cut to do that, but I'm willing. <laughs> the sacrifice you're willing to make. I'm willing to sacrifice my current lifestyle to take that job for $25 million a year. Let's role play for a moment, okay? Go. So you will, you're, 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 a, you're a commissioner in, in waiting. Yes. I am a powerful Major League Baseball owner. Go. I'm going to ask you some hard-hitting questions. Do it. We want to expand. What cities, what cities, Rob, or what cities, Mike? Uh, do we have to call you Greeny still? Uh, you can call me commissioner. All right. Commissioner, which cities do you think are most attractive in Major League Baseball's expanding to 32 teams? Your premise is faulty. We should not expand. Next. Interesting. Do you care to elaborate? Yes. If anything, we should contract. Um, We have too many teams as it is, and I don't think that that serves the sport well. And under no circumstances do we need to add more. If we have cities that desperately need Major League Baseball teams, there could theoretically be options for moving them. Um, obviously Oakland is on the verge of moving to Las Vegas. If we wanted to consider moving another team, I would think the Tampa Bay Rays would be an, an easy and obvious um, consideration for that, that, that market in, a, in any number of different ways through some fault of their own and others that are circumstances beyond their control have not proven to be a competitive Major League Baseball market. The product they put on the field has been sensational, and that's almost – almost makes the problem worse. So if you want teams in other cities where you don't currently have them, i.e. Nashville or whatever the other um, teams of the moment might be, I'm all ears, but we're not creating new ones. Next question. Once the technology is satisfactory. Hold this thought. Let's pause, and we're going to come back and keep doing this. I have a really, really, really important one to ask you. Okay. Well, let's pause on this, and we'll come back, and we'll continue to do them. We'll also do trivia and a whole lot more as we go, but I'm launching the campaign. This is not going back in time. This is going forward into the future. I genuinely think I'd be good at this. Let's see if I can make the case to you on ESPN Radio. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do big, small, and when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. 
Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Greeny, the podcast. All right, Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio. In 30 seconds, we'll continue this campaign. We also have more trivia from Hembo to come and more. But first, uh, these 30 seconds for AutoZone, where they have the free services you need to help you get back on the road, like their free AutoZone Fix Finder service. The AutoZone Fix Finder service not only identifies the check engine light code, but also helps identify the most likely cause of the check engine light being on. With over 5,600 locations nationwide, AutoZone is here to help you save time and money with their free services. Getting the job done just got easier. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone with AutoZone. All right, again, if you're just joining us here, uh, Hashtag Crew is with us. Hembo was questioning me as I kick off my campaign to be the next commissioner of Major League Baseball. If you are just joining us, you might be thinking, hey, Greeny, didn't you do that already? I did. I, I fully acknowledge we did this on Mike and Mike for years, and I'm always very hesitant to repeat any of the things that we did on the old show. But the reality is the job came available then. I thought I would be good at it. I ran for the, for the, for the position. I didn't get it. Now, Rob Manfred says that he is um, going to step aside in five more years. I'm throwing my hat in the ring. I genuinely think I'll be good at it. I just ran through a few of the things that would be at the top of my list as far as my candidacy. And you were throwing questions at me, Hembo. That's where we left off. What's the next one? I have another very important question, and it surrounds the automatic strike zone. The fabric of baseball is changing. Once the technology is satisfactory, are you going to give the thumbs up to enact the automatic strike zone. Yes, for sure, for certain. And in fact, I'm going to, I'm guessing that by the time I become commissioner, it will already be part of the sport. I, I'm hoping in the next five years we get there, but I've never understood it. One of the things that drives me crazy, some people call it part of the charm and, and, and fabric of the sport. I call it just a ridiculous inconsistency is that every umpire has his own strike zone. They seem to take pride in that. I don't get it at all. I don't think that's charming. I don't think that's fun. It doesn't make any sense to me. It never did in any sport, and it certainly doesn't in this one. So I am, yes, 100% in favor of the use of um, of, of, of the uh, electronic strike zone. I also think that the entire instant replay system as we currently have it needs to be revamped. Hmm. I would actually, perhaps to your surprise, take instant replay out in the regular season 
and I would further institute it in the postseason to where there is more replay, none of it involving a challenge, all of it instigated or initiated, I should say, from the booth, the way they do in football, when an egregiously bad call is made in a postseason game. Over the course of a regular season, Joe Torre has convinced me over the arguments we've had over the years, he has worn me down to believe that over the course of a season, when you play 162 games, you're going to get 20 bad calls that go your way, You're going to get 19 that go the other way. They're going to balance themselves out. Let's not waste our time. I don't want the manager standing there on the top step of the dugout waiting for someone to tell him, go ahead and challenge this. Just keep playing. Keep the game moving. In the regular season, we don't need it. In the postseason, we do. And lastly, how are you filling out your baseball operations staff? I assume you won't be working on an island. No. Well, I mean, I've got to surround myself with business people because there are certainly areas of business in which I am not expert. So I must surround myself with the best, smartest and brightest geniuses when it comes to the business pieces of this. But then I'm putting together people who know and care about baseball. I'm not kidding when I say I would bring you. For sure. There's got to be some analytics area that I would bring you into. I think the hiring of Theo Epstein by Major League Baseball to do what he is doing has been an absolute masterstroke. And I would be on the lookout for other opportunities like that to bring great baseball minds into the uh, executive offices from the teams themselves, be they, in some cases, managers players, etc. I would also put together, I think the most important thing that must happen and has historically not ever worked out well in baseball is that the relationship between the commissioner's office and the players must be much, much better. So in addition to the, um, the head of the Players Association, I would schedule regular meetings, listening sessions with player leadership, maybe once every month or so during the season and regularly during the offseason where players could come and talk to me about the things that they think would make their lives better, that would help. And in turn, I could tell them things that I feel they could do that would be in the best interest of the sport. Now, first and foremost, I would do everything I can to shorten the regular season. 162 games is too many. I would be in favor of cutting it back to the old number of 154. Hmm. I don't know if I could talk the owners into that. If I can't, I'll live with what I've got. But I would like to try and do it. In so doing, I would like to try and fashion a few more off days for players during the season and try and work out a way that those players could utilize at least some of those off days to try and help grow the game of baseball. There are ways they can do that. It was Mark Teixeira who told me, I said to him, why is it that we don't see baseball players on commercials the way we do basketball and football players? And one of the reasons is that players have, A, they make so much money, that the amount of the, the, the ones you would want in the commercials makes so much guaranteed money that there's almost no amount of money that you can offer them that is going to alter their lifestyle enough that it is going to be worth it to them to sacrifice the very little time off they otherwise get. During the season, they are so fried, basically from the middle of February until, you know, depending on your year, let's say at minimum the beginning of October, and what do these guys have? Eight days off the entire time and their families and the travel and everything else. It, it's, it, is a, it is a, I'm not asking anyone to feel sorry for them, but it's not an easy lifestyle. And I would be very much open to hearing ways that we could try and make their lifestyle better and easier. And in turn, the ways that they, unlike what the NBA players did at the All-Star game the other night, ways that they could go about helping to grow the sport 
to an audience that is not currently into it because I think that is important for the future. Now, so many of those stars are, are concentrated. The economic disparity between the haves and the have-nots in baseball right now is enormous. It's bigger than it's practically ever been. It is a concern of mine. It's a concern of owners, and it has to be a concern of the commissioner. How would you address that? Well, it seems to me that while the economic disparity remains a reality, the revenue-sharing and luxury tax pieces of this have worked. The, the, if you look at the competitive balance of the sport, if you look over the quote-unquote dominance of the big market teams in that sport, it really just has not been the case. Since the Yankees won all those World Series at the end of the 90s, there's probably been more distribution of championships in baseball than there have been in – I'm not going to speak to hockey because it's one I don't know as intimately – so let's go back to when did the Yankee dynasty end? 2000, 2000. was the last year. So, so, so let's say, well, let's just say starting in 2000 because they didn't win consecutively after that. How many times, how many teams have won more than two baseball championships since 2000? Are there any? I mean, the Red Sox and the Giants would be those two teams, right? Because the Red Sox, the Red Sox won, won in 04, 04, 7, and 18. Right. And 13. And 13. Yes, oh, oh, 04, oh, 07, 13, and, and 18. So they've won four. They've won four. The Giants won none, in and 10. All of the, none of those were back-to-back no. or even particularly close to back-to-back. We've not had a back-to-back the champion. The Giants won three, and none of them were back-to-back. And, and, that's, and, and there, there and, has not been a back-to-back champion. There has not. Obviously, the NBA very regularly has those. Mm-hmm. In the National Football League, we had Tom Brady. The last 10 Super Bowls, I was actually thinking about this yesterday. The last 10 Super Bowls... The starting quarterback of the winning team in seven of them was either Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes. Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes won the seven of the last ten Super Bowls. And were the losing quarterback twice. And, 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 but, my, but, but what I'm saying is, I, the reason I was thinking about mm. this was I was trying to think how many active quarterbacks have won Super Bowls. Mm. There are incredibly few. There's obviously Mahomes. There's Russell Wilson. There's Aaron Rodgers. Is Nick Foles still in the league? He still counts as active. He's not retired. Okay. Stafford. So, yeah, and, so Stafford. It's and Stafford is the other one. That's it. Yeah, that's it. They're the only ones because the seven over the well, last Flacco, 10 Flacco years. Flacco came back. <laughs> oh, okay. Joe Flacco. Flacco just came back. So Flacco. But, but you, you get my point. Like the, 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 there has been le- more parity in baseball than there has been in football. The Tampa Bay Rays, who have probably the greatest economic disadvantage of any team in the sport, have been uber competitive and were in the world series not that long ago 2008 2020 um and and so have other teams the kansas city royals won the world series more recently than the yankees have so i mean what are we what are we talking about the economic disparity has actually look i i am a firm believer in in the competitive uh balance i'm a firm believer in luxury tax and revenue sharing and i'm wide open to the idea of instilling more of it if we think it will help but right this minute it is not creating a competitive imbalance you know, let's see what the dodgers are this year we'll see the dodgers what is their payroll 500 million dollars this year they're paying yes it's enormous it's enormous so let but you know it's been that way for a long time and they haven't won anything mm-hmm. they won one world series in the COVID year and that's it so they've spent a trillion dollars and they haven't dominated the sport one concern of mine is ensuring that major league baseball retains an extremely important regular season that it that we don't lose the integrity of the marathon a big concern of mine is the fact that if you have the best record 
there's very little difference between your chances to win the World Series than if you have the worst one. For example, the Arizona Diamondbacks last year reached the World Series. They were outscored during the regular season. How might we better incentivize teams to go for the gusto in the regular season? I think we've already done a reasonably good job of that. Going, every team is going for the gusto in the regular season. The Diamondbacks, I mean, they had to overcome some pretty significant postseason obstacles. There is always going to be, because of the nature of the game, an element of flukiness to the baseball postseason that does not exist, certainly in basketball or hockey. Um, what I guess you could do is elongate the postseason. We could shorten the regular season and elongate the postseason. So there would be a more representative, each series might be more representative of the better team. What I'm trying to say is, Mm. the more games you play, the better the chance of the cream rising to the top, right? So if we elongated some of the postseason series, and let's face it, postseason action is is greater than regular season action in all sports these days. I'm not trying to diminish the regular season, but I think further shortening it helps. So I'm going to need some help on this. I've got five years to figure it out. Mm -hmm. I I will um, enlist you on this committee. Um, And obviously Bubba, when he gets back from his vacation, will be invaluable in this because for those of you who don't know, Bubba spent a very successful tenure working in the baseball commissioner's office. I mean, right at the... At the at the at the foot at the knee of uh, Bart Giamatti, he was right there with him. I thought uh, it was Uberoth. during his time. Uh, I think the tail end of Uberoth, and then Bart Giamatti, and then into Faye Vincent, um, and and so so Bubba will have great perspective. He still on that. advises Manfred now too. They, they have. To, I mean, I know they talk. Is it monthly? Uh, I think it's uh, every other month. It's a fair, yeah, it's a bi-monthly. It's a fairly regular conversation. But anyway, the point is, I mean, these are some of the ideas that I have. But I think there is. I would be open to the discussion of further shortening the regular season and expanding the postseason, not in the number of teams that make it, but in, the, in, in what is actually required to advance mm. in it. I think that could be, you know, you give me another week or so to play with at the end. I'd like everything to, uh, to end a little earlier than it does. I do not want the World Series going into November ever again. And and we will go from there. Now, I'm going to throw an idea at you because I'm open. I am a, a firm believer that no idea is a bad idea. That everything should be discussed. So this is not part of my campaign, but this is definitely something that I think must be discussed. Are you open in any way to the possibility of at least some postseason games being played on previously scheduled neutral fields? I am open. To the idea, if there if, if there is anything that we could or should learn from the Super Bowl, it's that neutral sites work well, and that starting the game at six thirty works well. And if you have all of the baseball world congregating to one place, especially let's face it, there is much less a home field advantage in baseball's postseason numerically than there is in any other sport. So it's not obvious to me why you couldn't blow that out for a week or two for the World Series, or at least give it a try. Or at least some of it. So the problem that exists then with that is that the home fans who support their team don't get a chance to be a part of that. And, for example, that atmosphere 
that you had in Philadelphia last year in the postseason just would not exist in the more sterile environment of the po- of the of you know of, of what the Super Bowl is. The Super Bowl, the, the fans at the Super Bowl, I've been to twenty four of them. It's just not the same mm. as any other game. So I don't want to lose that. But I do think there is something in there. There is a there is the germ of an idea in there that we could work with where we could create something that is at a neutral site that can be planned in advance. People can plan their travel, all that stuff. Now, your earlier start times is an interesting one. The Super Bowl starts at 6.30 because it's played. Well, that is a weekday. No, because it's played on a Sunday. So while it is a school night, it is also not a day that your viewers in the Western and Mountain time zones are, are not home from work yet. And that is a real consideration. My plank, my my campaign in 2000, whatever year it was that we did this on Mike and Mike, always was all postseason weekend games will be played in the daylight. Mm. Every one of them will be played in the daylight. Don't tease me. All the World Series games will be played in the daylight. During the week, you can't you, you can't do that, right? You just can't do it. I I can't play a game. Uh, I can't play my World Series game. I can't count on the fact that, you know, school teachers are going to let kids listen to the World Series on their transistor radios the way they did in the 1950s. That that wasn't that isn't the world we live in anymore. So I'm not down for that. But I think that starting the weekend games in the daylight is a an absolute winner of an idea. We've not had a, a World Series day game since 1987. Mm-hmm. I remember in 2016, when we were on Mike and Mike together, we pitched the idea of one of the games at Wrigley Field being hosted during the day for the World Series, yeah. which is obviously something that would have been the most charming thing ever. I am in love with the idea of a World Series day game. I also like... The way they do the Field of Dreams game, and I think there are opportunities for more of that during the regular season, create some more special stuff. Like the NHL is really onto something with these outdoor classics. You know, hockey, which is a sport that that basically all these kids grow up playing on on literal frozen ponds outside. Um, I think the fans really like that, creating little moments of specialness, events of specialness during your regular season. I think there's plenty of room for more of that in Major League Baseball, however it is that we come up with to do that. Um, So I think there are a million different innovative things we can do. And and again, I I mean, am I kidding? I'm only kidding to the extent that I know they won't seriously consider me. But I really genuinely would like to do this, and I think I would be good at it. I kind of like your program. I I like I look I I am as big a baseball fan as you know. I'm I'm picking up what you're putting down. It's going to be stiff competition, but you know like we might want the outsider to come in and and, and rule the land. So what, I'm going to be Cam, pulling for it. How would you assess Cam you're a gambler at heart? How would you assess the odds right now if ESPN bet were to to attach odds to my chances of becoming the next commissioner of Major League Baseball? What what would they be? Slightly less than you becoming uh president, but I think uh still <laughs> President of what? The United States, but I think still. Well, how about a job I want? Yeah. Well, I don't think you wanting it does impact the odds that. Do you much. not have a boost? But I, if the fact, yeah, the Here's scene green scene boost. Green boost. Yeah. I would say forty to one to you know, be the next commissioner of baseball. Two hundred to one. You're going to be up against Theo, by the way. For would that you job. take the against who? Theo. 
than Theo Epstein? Theo, Theo Epstein, if he, if he wants that job, might get it. But I've also heard some that say Major League Baseball likes keeping this in-house because you want someone with the, the labor background. Like, that's why Rob Manfred really got the job is because he was at Bud Selig's right hand and has the, like, the decades of, of law in his background as being the most important thing that the owners care about. My father was a lawyer, uh, so I, I, I learned at his knee. Can I go intern at the office? Can I like? You got five years to get your degree. I got five years to go intern for uh, for Rob Manfred. Are you gonna do a? I have a close relationship with Bud Selig. Does that help? It doesn't hurt. That's exactly right. All right, I'm gonna get Bud on the phone a little bit later. We'll see if we can't make this happen. All right, group trivia, uh, including the playoffs. There have been five coaches that have beaten Patrick Mahomes multiple times. You are going to give me all five coaches. I like that. The answer is that does not include college, though. It does not include college. Okay. Just the the NFL. NFL. Five NFL coaches, including playoffs, have beaten him twice. The answer is next ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Greeny, the podcast. All right, this is a super tough question. And it's a good one. It's fun, but it's hard. Including the playoffs, there are five NFL coaches that have beaten Patrick Mahomes multiple times. You're going to give me all five coaches. All right. So there are three that we think we feel good about. I'm less sold on this first one than everyone else is. We all know the two coaches to beat him in the playoffs. Uh, Three coaches to beat him in the playoffs are Belichick, Bruce Arians, and Zach Taylor. The guys, Cam, you're telling me you're very confident that yes. the Bengals have beaten him in the regular season It was season the same well. year they beat them in the championship game. They beat him in the regular season. Okay, so he feels good about it. We're going to go Zach Taylor is one. Zach Taylor is correct. Okay. I think Sean McDermott is one. He I, definitely is. I, I think they, they beat him three times in the regular season. Yeah, including this past year. Yeah. Um, I'm, yeah we're, I feel good about that one. We're going to go Sean McDermott. That is also correct. Okay. 
Both McDermott and Taylor beat Mahomes three times. Three times. Now, Belichick beat him in the regular season. Excuse me, in the in the AFC Championship game. Do we have a recollection of him beating him any time in the regular season? I know they played in, I think, that regular season, and I am pretty sure the Patriots won like a shootout. So I feel confident in Belichick. That game was in Kansas City. I know it was like a one or two point game. And in prime time, obviously, I have like a, a, a picture of it, and I think it was like a game winner, for, and I for, think the Patriots won. For lack of a better guess, and because we know it happened at least once, we're going to go Belichick. That's correct. Okay, Cam, you remember that game very well. It was forty-three to forty. Excellent wow. memory. Okay, so now here are the names that are candidates for the other two that we have written down. Sean Payton, Frank Reich, Mike Vrabel, Bruce Arians, and John Gruden. Brandon keeps throwing at John Gruden over and over again. How long was Gruden the coach of the Raiders while Mahomes was there? How many years ago was it that Gruden left there? Two years? I feel like Gruden was only there for two, like two years. No, I think he was there longer. He was back longer. Maybe two or three then. <sighs> he left in 21. Mahomes just always beats the AFC West. It, it stands yeah. the reason that one of these Raiders or Chargers coaches should be on here, but I just don't remember him ever losing to them. Now, the question is, did Sean Payton ever beat him in New Orleans? Yeah. Because he definitely beat him this year in Denver. Correct. So the question is, did Payton ever beat him in New Orleans? Feels I've like n- a reasonable guess. It's a reasonable guess. I have obviously no memory of a game like that happening. But so who else it, it certainly could have? We like Frank Reich. I kind of like Frank Reich. They lose weird games to the Colts every once in a while. I can remember one for sure, and Me I think too. I'm remembering another. So I would, I would say Frank Reich's not a bad guess. Okay, we're going to go with Frank Reich. Frank Reich is correct. Oh, baby. Oh, baby, we're one away. Come in the on. 2019 and 2022 regular seasons, oh. Frank Wright beat Patrick Mahomes. You are four for four. Okay. We're one away. So Peyton, <laughs> Peyton Vrabel. Vrabel, Gruden, and then Staley or Lynn, I feel like. Or Arians, they didn't, he wouldn't have beaten him any other time, right? I don't Arians think beat so, him in the but Super Bowl. Obviously, you remember the playoff one, so he's on the table. I just don't think it would be him. I'm With- very confident in Vrabel. I'd like to say you're very confident I, in Brable. I, I have one in mind for sure. I know they 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 got like wiped out by the Titans one year, and yeah. I, you know the Titans were good a lot. Yeah, of these they Mahomes win a lot years. of games you don't expect them to yeah. win. I like it. I like Nick's. So here's the ding. Yesterday, Nick was very sure of his answer, and he was wrong, and so he became clueless. Nick. Then today, he was one of the few people who got the first trivia question right. So now he's clued in, Nick. And he could go back to clueless, Nick, if he, he gets this he wrong. Super, this is such a big one. High stakes. I'm We're going to go with Nick. I like Vrabel. We're putting all the pressure in the world. This is for the cluelessness. This is for the status. Actually, this is for a hashtag. If Woo! this is right, Nick becomes hashtag Nick. He goes for all the way in one day from clueless Nick to hashtag Nick. If he gets it right, we're going to go with Mike Vrabel. And the correct answer is Mike Vrabel. Yeah! <gasps> That is so good. Oh, I've yes. never been so excited. That is oh. phenomenal work by us. Nick, congratulations on earning a hashtag. Wow, we crushed that. Something that even Brandon and Jack don't have. Brandon <laughs> is just Brandon. Jack is Pineapple Jack. Uh, but you are now hashtag Nick. That is what a great That question. is yes. a legacy-defining doubleheader for you today. I wow. agree. That is a like, – you will always be welcome back. So – and during the break, you were, you were so down. You were convinced you were only going to get three out of five. Mm-hmm. But your brains kept churning. 
I didn't think that you would get Reich. I thought that you would remember some of those Titans games. I'm really surprised you remember two Colts games. That was wow. well done by us. Boy, that was well done. Okay, everyone gets a point for that. Yeah. Including Brandon and Pineapple Jack, even and though the only answers they contributed were wrong. May I just point out, no AFC West coaches are in here. That's right. He, he just absolutely owns all of those teams. That's true. <laughs> no, no, no coach from his division has beaten him twice. And he's been the start. He's missed. Has he missed what, what, two games? He had that ankle that one year. I mean, basically, he's played every six game years. for six years. And no coach in his division has beaten him. I'm going to look up his division record right now. So yeah. that's going to be like something like 35 games. It's got to be ridiculously good. All right. That was fun and, uh, and, and, and well done and good to do. Because we have just a few minutes left, let me finish it up with this thought. Did you hear what Antonio Pierce said about trying to go up against him by using the Jordan rules? Speaking of coaches in his division, they're going to like go Jordan rules and try and beat him up. I'm going to tell you right now, I don't like it. I don't like hearing it. And if I'm the league, I'm doing something about it. Hmm. And I'll tell you why. S- protecting the quarterbacks is the most important thing the NFL can do. Patrick Mahomes is the most important player in football. He's as important a player as football has had in a long time. He is right there with Brady and Peyton Manning and Brett Favre as a draw. No one, There is no bigger draw right now in the sport than Patrick Mahomes. Maybe Taylor Swift is the only bigger draw than Mahomes is. You cannot have coaches preaching hurting him. And I understand that he's not going to go so far as to say hurt him, but I'm telling you right now, if I'm Roger Goodell, I'm calling Antonio Pierce. I don't mean to be a fuddy-duddy on this, but I'm going to say, listen, I'm going to instruct my officials to be keeping a close eye on Patrick in your games because of what you said. And if I see anything I don't like, we're throwing flags on every freaking play. You want 15 yards on every play? I'll give you 15 yards on every freaking play. You're going to knock out our moneymaker, mine and yours? I'm not interested in it. So I, 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 that's honestly was my reaction to it. Patrick Mahomes is 30-5 and five against the AFC West. Yeah. I mean, and, and look, I like Antonio a lot. He worked at ESPN. He was, he was and is a good guy, and I hope he does a really good job coaching that team. But we are no longer in the day and age where you can talk about wanting to knock quarterbacks out. That is the opposite of what we need in the sport. All right, fun day. We'll see you tomorrow, ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.